What is up, freaks? This is Jigsaw from. Oh, what the fuck was that? It's all. You want to play a game? That's all I got. It's actually Marty Ben. Co host of Rabbit Hole Recap. We just ripped episode 193. Last episode before we do our next live rip in Miami, Florida. Miami. Maybe we'll switch up the ad reads here. Bitcoin 2022 is in Miami. Next week, April 6th to the 9th. Like you just heard, Matt and I will be doing a live show on the 7th next Thursday in the open source tent or on the open source stage. Join us. We're going to be physically and verbally assaulting Vake. Um, it's going to be fun. It's just, we're not even going to talk Bitcoin. We're just going to mess with Bake. That's on the 7th. The 6th is Industry Day. We're going to get a whale pass and, and bump elbows with everybody in the industry. You can do that there. 7th and 8th are regular conference days. A bunch of people going to be talking, giving presentations, doing panels, making announcements. Big announcement week. Going to be live and in person for big announcements. Miami is going to be the place to be. And day four is a music festival and a comedy fest. Want to get cake thrown at you. Steve Aoki will be there. You just stay close to the, the front of the stage and it'll throw a cake in your face. I don't know why you do that, but some people get off on it. Use the code TFTC to get 10% off after visiting b.tc slash conference. Get them while the getting's hot. 35,000 people are going to be there. A lot of people. B.TC slash conference. Use the code TFTC. 10% off. This rip was also brought to you by good friends at Unchained Capital. Very well represented at the Empower Conference in Houston this week. Parker Lewis, hardest working man in Bitcoin, was wheeling, dealing, telling people how to custody Bitcoin. Unchained helps you do that. If you're a business, an individual, a family office, you want to custody your Bitcoin, Unchained Capital has a two or three multi-sig setup. They call it their vault. You hold two keys. They hold one. It's a collaborative custody. You always have full control over your Bitcoin if you have your two keys. If you ever need Unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum, they're there for you. They're here to help you get off zero and get holding your own keys. If you're a, a rich person out there, it's like, dang, I really like Bitcoin. I really want to realize the full benefits that the protocol provides me, but I'm scared. I'm going to hold all my Bitcoin on an exchange. Shame on you. That's a single point of failure. Hit up Unchained. Tell them TFTC sent you and you'll get $50 off their white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up with the thousands cuck bucks worth of sats in it. They're going to send you hardware wallets. They're going to have video conference calls with you. They're going to get you comfortable. It's not as scary as it seems. It's not as hard as it seems. If I can hold my own keys, you can hold your own keys. Unchained wants you holding your own keys. Go to unchained.com. Figure out how to do so. It's important, freaks. This This rip. This week's rip was also brought to you by good friends at Brains. A really good time hanging out with the Brains team in Houston this week. Edward Evenson. 
Dude likes to party. He's a bad influence. He's a bad influence. He's a bad man. You want bad man working on the products that you're... I'm not saying bad like evil and nefarious. I'm saying bad like, damn, that dude's badass. You want these bad men working on your Bitcoin mining firmware. Organizing your mining pools, running your mining pools. Edward Evenson's a bad man. Works at Brains. Brains is a team behind Slush Pool. They're also a team behind Brains OS Plus firmware. If you have an ASIC that is compatible with Brains OS Plus firmware and you're not running it, you're leaving sats on the table. Don't leave sats on the table. It's for losers. Are you a loser? I didn't think so. Go to brains.com. And see if your ASIC is compatible with it. And if it is, download it. You don't want to be a loser. Do you? No, I didn't think so. Go to brains.com. Download the firmware. Check out everything else they have. Last but not least, is brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here to bring you a peer-to-peer exchange, a peer-to-peer lending platform, no KYC, no AML. They're staying true to the cypherpunk ethos of Bitcoin. They have their lending platform, lend.hodlhodl.com, allows you to put Bitcoin up in a two or three multi-state quorum. You hold one key, your counterparty holds one key, hodlhodl holds the third key. You have no control of your Bitcoin, but you do have visibility into that escrow account, so you know that your sats aren't being rehypothecated. You have certainty that if you pay that loan back, you are going to get your sats back at the end of the day. As long as how to holler your counterparty signs the second of the necessary two or three signatures. Uh, you put your Bitcoin up as collateral, you get stable coin liquidity. You can go spend that as long as you're paying back the loan plus the interest. You're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. Lend.hodlhodl.com. No KYC, no AML. Hodlhodl is doing incredible things right now. They've been doing incredible things. They continue to do incredible things. This lending platform, again, it's it's a good way to get some liquidity without having to give up a bunch of information. It's a great way to get some yield on your stable coins. Your stable coin guy, girl, you enter the other side of that marketplace. You lend out your stable coins. You get what you lent out plus interest. If they don't pay it back, you get the sats. It's better than the, uh, the stable coins, in my mind. Lend.hodlhodl.com. Enjoy RIP 193 of RHR. We're going to win, freaks. We're going to win. I hope this inspires some of the silent majority out there. Speak up. Speak up. The, the impending specter, the pending, looming specter, the looming specter of impending doom of the digital panopticon grows darker by the day. Each one of you in the silent majority, you have that light in you. You had that light in you. It's just got, it's just got a cover over it. Rip the cover off. Speak up. Tell these people, no, no, I will not bend the knee to tyranny. No, I will not spy on my fellow man. No, I will not use your slave money. I will use Bitcoin, and I'll do it however I see fit. Enjoy, freaks. Tiki. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free.
If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Trying to get settled over here, as you can see, my laptop's in in the screen Woo-hoo, now. Woo doggy! Woo doggy is right. Here we are, freaks. We're at. Did rip. you see Parman said he can't tell us apart? So I figured I'd go with your, uh, <laughs> your woo doggy just to fuck with them. Do our voices sound alike? I don't think so. But you probably have to watch at least. I mean, I don't know. You have to maybe if you watch a couple episodes to put them together. Who's who? Yeah. This is I'm Marty. This is Marty's voice right now. This is Rabbit Hole Recap Rip 193. We're meeting on a and Friday. This is Marty's voice right now. Yes. Who, who is who? <laughs> we Sorry. are here on a Friday. Again, second week in a row. We'll be back to our regular, regular, regularly scheduled Thursday rip next week in Miami, Florida at the Bitcoin 2022 conference. Yeah, but that won't be streamed live, I don't think. No, we'll record it and then post it right after. Yeah, on the open source stage. So if you're at the conference, comes the open source stage. What time is there, Marty? Is it like three? Uh, Local time? It's the, uh, it's the, it closes out the open source stage on Thursday. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did most of the programming for the open source stage, and I don't even know. But I have no idea. I've gotten so many conference emails to, to anyone at the Bitcoin magazine team. Sorry. It's just, I've just been, I've got, I've had email paralysis, especially having been at a conference all week in Houston. Uh, would, I, got, I, I got to inbox zero on all seven of my email addresses uh, two days ago. And it was the best feeling ever. I am nowhere near inbox zero at the moment. Uh, I was I will say that my process of getting to inbox zero involved me responding to people like 15 days late. <laughs> I made well, it there. Well, you're lucky your email address isn't attached to this podcast feed because the amount of shit coiners I have emailing me asking them to come on the podcast is it's not like it's you basically need to have like especially since podcasting 2.0 requires you to have a public email address associated to it. You basically need to have a separate one, I think, that you don't use that you have publicly in the RSS feed. But yeah, probably too late for that. I don't want to talk about your NFT projects. It's weird. It's like these PR companies, and they they have like one page PDFs for people um, who like aren't interesting at all. It's weird, like the, the amount of people out there who pay PR firms to try to get them into the media world. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I would never interview this guy. And just like, word to the wise, if you want to come on the interview series, like I, I really don't like when people ask me to come on the podcast. I'd like to curate myself. Um, so if you're out there, you're thinking about it. It's not the best way to approach getting on TFTC. Build something cool. Do something cool and I'll reach out to you. Um, 19 million Bitcoins, dude, on the market. We did it. We made it to 19 mil. Not an April Fool's joke. I fucking hate April Fool's. April Fool's. I mean, we talk about this every year. We all. Did you like Vitalik's post? 
somewhat of a cell phone. I didn't read it. I, neither did I. I just saw like snippets of just, it. Just like Vitalik did uh, an in defense of Bitcoin maximalism post um, as an April Fool's joke. Just for the record, uh, he invented the term uh, Bitcoin maximalism as <laughs> a straw man argument against people being critical of Ethereum and Ethereum's ICO as if our concerns with how that was set up were solely because it wasn't Bitcoin, which is not the case. Yes. A fun fact too, interestingly enough, Italic co-founded Bitcoin Magazine. It is true. Gave it up when he started pumping, uh, pumping his own bags. I think he sold it to like the BitPay guys, and then the BitPay guys sold it to current ownership. Yeah, but I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that. I will not. I will not quote you. How how are the stress levels right now leading up to next week? It's pretty good considering it's a thirty-five thousand person event. And ticket sales been raging this week. A lot of FOMO. A lot of FOMO. Man. We just had a hell of an event in Houston, Texas this week. The Empower, shout out to Digital Wildcatter. It looked Wild. awesome. was awesome. Shout out to the uh, Digital Wildcatter guys, um, Jake and Colin, through an incredible event. Unfortunately, I had to leave before Ted Cruz got on stage to get back to my 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 expecting wife. Um, but yeah, What time was Ted on stage? It looked late there. Yeah, it was like 8 o'clock. I had a flight. I flew from Houston to Austin. Uh, my plate was that a. backdrop is dope. Is, are those normally there? I assume yeah. Always yeah. There. So this was at eight one, the eighth wonder brewery in Houston. Yeah, that was the Beatles stage. I got very sunburned on that stage throughout the the week. Um, nice. Why is it the Beatles stage? Is it the Beatles play there? Yeah, if, if you can see the large statues behind Ted Cruz right now, it's the Beatles. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Car, why don't we play the uh, at least the first 30 seconds of this clip? Yeah, it's 123. You can play it. God bless Texas. Well, it is great to see y'all. What an amazing venue. I understand you guys have had a, a, a fantastic conference. Let me say thanks to the guys at Digital Wildcatters for hosting. And, and thank you, everyone, for being part of this conversation. This conversation is exciting. This conversation is about the future. It's about the future of Texas. It's about the future of America. It's about the future of energy. And it's about the future of money. Yeah, future of money. Uh, very high signal event. It is becoming abundantly clear that the energy sector, particularly oil and gas, is all in on Bitcoin. And the, the convergence that we've been talking about here for quite some time is is visible. It's happening. I don't think there's any turning back. And it's an incredible thing, both for U.S. energy producers and energy producers globally and the Bitcoin network. Bitcoin needs a lot of energy to um, basically have this distributed consensus. And uh, the people with the energy are bought in on Bitcoin. So... This is a great thing to see. Um, no matter, yeah, I was uh, I was bummed I couldn't make it, but between the conference and I was in when I when was I in Austin? Uh, a week ago. A week ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, and then we had a we had a great Nashville Bitcoin meetup. 
uh, this week. Wiz was Wiz in, was there, right? Wiz, yeah, Wiz was, is in America from Tokyo, and he announced uh, his new mining dashboard for Mempool.space. The world announcement at Nash, Nashville Bitcoin. It's a cool, cool dashboard. It's got all the Have mining. you seen it? Yeah, that, I, I don't. I think it's the best one now. I like I mean, how you can click the pools. Car, go to go to the dashboard real quick. Is it mining.mempool.space? It's mempool.space slash mining. Slash mining. You can, yeah, uh, scroll down. Like click slush in the pie chart. And then it shows their hash rate over time on the chart. Scroll down. And it shows every block. Hell yeah. It's pretty cool clean slush pool's been getting some fat fees this week i've been tracking their their telegram bot they've been getting they've been averaging like 20 million sats a block cars cars uh scroll up go click the chart uh one next to the hammer on the top and then do pool dominance and then do two year Look how cool this chart is. I think this is fucking awesome. If you scroll down a little bit, Car, you can see like Foundry emerge from nothing to go to the top, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Scroll down a bit, Car, so we can see this whole chart. You can't just scroll down the page. <laughs> Weird. But anyway, if you look at it on a regular computer, you could see the actual date and time on the bottom. Hell yeah. But uh, you can see Foundry basically come out of nowhere and take the top spot and you can see them change over time, which is pretty fucking cool. Sweet. Let's, uh, let's get more mining data out there. I mean, mining becoming hot again. Becoming hot again. Or maybe like this, mining might be the hottest it's ever been. It's so funny. Again, going back to the digital wildcatters, Van and Power and just seeing oil and gas guys like fucking roughneck cowboy hat shit kickers like old school fucking oil men like hanging on to every word at this conference because they wanted to learn as much as they could about Bitcoin. That was like the cool thing for me. I had a gentleman um, he was from South Dakota relocated to West Texas recently in the Permian running an LNG plant and he was just describing like, yeah, I was computer illiterate before I got exposed to Bitcoin miners. Uh, and now I'm setting up huts like at our LNG facility and like connecting the miners and pointing them at, um, pointing them at pools. And it's just like this convergence of very like blue collar work converging with like Bitcoin mining. And it's just like they fit hand in hand together. And so like beautiful to see that it's like providing jobs in uh, rural parts of the country. Uh, Chad Everett from Riot. I really like the president. We're going to get him on the podcast at some point soon, but the presentation he gives about what they're doing at their Windstone facility, it's really cool, like how many jobs they're providing. And then they're doing a good thing in their local community. They bought and built a couple baseball fields, I believe, or or erected like large um, lights for, for the community. Uh, at their baseball fields and it's, it's, there's really cool symbiotic relationships budding uh, due to the Bitcoin mining industry becoming more integrated in rural areas throughout the country. So like, we 
we've talked a lot about the hollowing out of the manufacturing base here in the United States and mining as an industry is actually helping to reverse that trend a bit. Uh, obviously, it's not saving everybody but yet, but it, there are very positive signals in that regard of of mining coming into these areas that have been dilapidated because of Triffin's dilemma of us just pushing out, pushing out our manufacturing to... Uh, low-wage countries. Um, Bitcoin mining is bringing it back. I mean, we announced a cathedra last week. Disclaimer: I'm on the board. Uh, we're uh, we've we're revamping a, a factory up in in New Hampshire. I believe it used to be. Like I saw a, that Berlin, right? Mm-hmm. What uh, you you guys said that you're building roving Bitcoin miners. Does that just mean like a storage container on a tow truck? Uh, I, I or are believe you like tank. Because in my head, I want it to be like tank tracks. Well, be, be like, like tank, ro- tank treads with a container on top that just self-contained and can just move. Eventually, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. But now, right now, rovers, um, they're just going to be containers that are very mobile. So they'll have wheels and you'll be able Got to, it. they're not going to be drivable themselves, but you'll easily be able to hitch no them. No tank tracks. Not yet. Not yet. Um, but we will get there. This is a good... And AJ, Drew, AJ, make it happen. I want to see. Uh, <laughs> I want to. See, I want to see autonomous tank track uh, roving miners <laughs> moving around, plugging themselves in. I mean, that's that's where it's going to get. Like when it's, when you think about the application of Bitcoin mining uh, for initial production of oil and gas wells, it just makes a ton of sense. If you can drill a well. You have a crazy amount of gas that comes out in many parts of the country initially, but then you have a steep decline curve of gas production uh, on new wells. And so maybe you can fit, just by example, even numbers. You drill a well, you get 10 rovers on it to begin. And then as that decline curve comes, there's not enough gas for 10, so you peel off two. uh, And you move down the road, you drill another well, and you start like a little operation there. So you can like time up drilling schedules uh, with more certainty due to the fact that you don't have to wait for a pipeline, um, especially in areas where they have heavy flaring regulation. Bitcoin miners really can help out in the sense that you don't you don't have this uncertainty of, of what you're going to do with the gas. Are you going to flare it and then have to shut down because you're flaring too much? Are you going to have to wait 18 months to build a pipeline? No, you can just bring these rovers. The decline curve comes. You can peel them off rinse and repeat down the road. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, still very early days. That was another thing that really came out. And this week in Houston was like, it's people like, oh, we feel so late, but it's all the Bitcoiners like, don't worry, we're, we're so, so early. It's, uh, this is only just beginning. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Before we get too far into... This rip. Let's go to Clark's dashboard real quick. We're sitting at forty six thousand three hundred seventy cuck bucks. One cuck bucks going to get you two thousand one hundred fifty seven sats. Market cap is eight hundred eighty one billion. We are at block height seven hundred thirty thousand eleven. Just past seven hundred thirty thousand two hundred and ten thousand blocks, or less than two hundred ten thousand two hundred nine thousand nine hundred eighty nine blocks away from the next halving. Um, that'll be at block 840,000. We had a difficulty adjustment, I believe, yesterday, right? Where's, how come I can't find this? Oh, yes. Yeah, we yeah. went up yesterday. 
No, we went down. No, two days ago. Two it days was, ago. It was during the Nashville Bitcoin meetup when he was announcing it. Yes. So two days two days ago, we had a difficulty adjustment upwards, you're right, of 4.1%. Blocks are coming in at 9 minutes and 41 seconds on average. We are 1,797 blocks away from the next adjustment. As of right now, that estimate is a downward adjustment of 3.7%. Blocks have been coming in at 10 minutes and 21 seconds on average since the last, since the adjustment a couple of days ago. Um, as of right now, the next adjustment is estimated to be on April 13th. There are 10,000, I think it's the first time I've been in five-digit mempool in quite a while, 10,187 transactions in Clark's mempool. Maybe that's why I've been seeing fatter fees. Samurai Whirlpool is sitting at 4,482.82 Bitcoin in unspent capacity. That's 207.6 million cuck bucks in unspent value, and that is up, I believe, almost 100 Bitcoin since last week. It fell below 4,400 last week, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. The EU Parliament votes for more Bitcoin surveillance and restrictions. This is something we've expected. Uh, the EU is getting very Orwellian, very authoritarian, and and they're basically trying to tell Bitcoiners that they need to collect and store data on their counterparties and transactions, even if you're using a wallet that you control, a uh, non-custodial wallet. What do we think here? What do we think here, Marty? Uh, we think that everything that we're expecting to happen is going to keep on happening. And uh, Bitcoiners are just going to have their head in the sand and pretend like they don't have to fucking give a shit at all. Why do you say that? You don't think anybody gives a shit? <laughs> I'm just being hyperbolic. Um, of course, there are a lot of Bitcoiners that are concerned and are taking precautions on their own end. Um, but at least on Bitcoin Twitter, there's a heavy amount of head in the sand thinking that they can just ignore it and they can keep providing sensitive information to regulated services and they can keep using those regulated services. And that it'll all be fine and they don't have to do anything that they don't have to take personal responsibility. Like this movement was never about personal responsibility to begin with. And anyone who says that <laughs> Bitcoiners should consider supporting projects, proving their own understanding, using the tools is really fudding Bitcoin and is a enemy enemy to the movement. And that's a very, very healthy situation to be in as, as a community. And you just really love to see it. <sighs> War is upon us, freaks. Uh, and uh, your Uncle Marty Jones, who often screams, are we free? Do we live in a free country? I mean, this is in my country and the EU is not a country at all. It's a union of, <laughs> <laughs> of separate countries. They even, they even <laughs> live in a union of separate countries, free, a free union. I mean, the EU is fucked, but... For all our European freaks out there that live in countries that fall within the EU, um, if here's a sometimes it's attributed to Thomas Jefferson. I don't know who said it, but I agree with it. Whoever the fuck said it first. If a law is unjust, a man is not only right to disobey it; he is obligated to do so. Like this is again. I just, it, yeah, we've talked about it many times. Like the the the. 
idea that a government wants individuals to collect and store information, sensitive information on their counterparties, is just, it, it's, it's reckless. <laughs> like, well, like, what do you expect? So Joe Schmo down the street who barely knows how to run a password manager to, uh, to collect like personal identifying inter- information on his friends and store it at his house? Like, what the fuck? Like, this well, is like, unjust. Sarc- Sarcasm aside, in practice, what I expect this to result in is what we've already seen out of Switzerland, which is that exchanges will essentially, and this is what that AOPP nonsense was, that exchanges will essentially have you like check a box saying you're not sending it to anyone else, you're just sending to yourself. Um, And then on a long enough horizon, what is going to basically be happening is a de facto criminalization of private Bitcoin usage. And when I say private Bitcoin usage, I don't even mean using CoinJoin or using collaborative transactions or using Lightning. I just mean self-custody sending between each other. Um, and if you're, if you're not educating yourselves on privacy best practices, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb when they decide to uh, make examples out of people. So cheers. Cosine, but I'll also say these laws are unjust. You are not, you do not only have the right to disobey them, you are obligated to do so if you are a human who cares about freedom in the digital age. Like, push, push is coming to shove. Like, they are trying to shove us into the panopticon. This is a very strong move in that direction. And you, as an individual with inalienable rights, somebody, a creature of God, that is equal to every man and woman in terms of your ability to, to seek freedom, liberty, and happiness in the digital age, you are obligated to disobey these laws. Because if you don't, if, not, if enough people do not stand up and fight back against this tyranny, you're going to wake up in the digital panopticon and people are going to be enslaved in the digital age. Like You literally have an obligation to speak up to act and to say, we are not going to do this. And not only individuals, corporations in the EU and eventually in America, it's definitely going to come to America as well. Uh, you, yes, you may be regulated, you may be all that, but if you really care about freedom in the digital age, you are obligated to stand up and say, no, we are not going to <laughs> do this. And it's literally, it's, an, it's, just, it's just a decision. There's nothing physically they can do to prevent you. I mean, they could physically show up to your office they and try to prevent you. They could literally just put you in jail and seize yeah. your assets. I mean, they could try to do that. They may do it to a few people, but we need more and more. Like Somebody's going to have to go through the door first to get shot. Uh, you go to jail, but we'll come get you. We'll come get you after. Like the, the, We need people to stand up and disregard this tyranny. It's... It's scary. It's scary, but it also highlights that they're worried. They're worried. They're really trying to uh, clamp down as fast as possible. They're losing control. They're losing their grasp, their grip on uh, their control over individuals the world over, and then they're flailing. I mean, we saw it in Canada uh, with the freezing of the bank accounts there. We're seeing, we're seeing it with the way the West is reacting to 
Russia posturing like they're going to shut off their gas if they don't uh, pay in rubles and stop freezing their bank accounts. And now we're seeing it in the EU with individual usage of Bitcoin trying to, to be hindered and slowed down and trying to thrust regulations on. Um, we're going to win, freaks. We're going to win. Like Vake said in the comments, freaks together strong. You just need more individual. And that's the other thing uh, that happened this weekend in Houston that was like funny for me to see. So I was on a few a few panels and inevitably on every one. I don't want to say these people were trolling, but they, they were trying to induce a, a reaction out of me. And they asked me like my thoughts on ESG. I got asked like four or five times. And I, <laughs> I gave... I gave my ESG rant. It's communistic. Uh, it, you Everyone's favorite rant. You can't create a, a metric <laughs> system for amorphous subjective values that differ between individuals, industries, countries, race, creed, whatever. Uh, it, 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 it's literally impossible to create a, a metric system for these value systems. And then it's not about the environment, social justice, or uh fair governance it's about control at the end of the day and everybody there was fucking people working for super majors there was people with at family offices very rich successful individuals that came up to me after like yeah dude you're right like none of us like this it's all bullshit so everybody knows it's all bullshit like everybody knows this eu rule with the transaction monitoring is bullshit uh yep. you just need more people to say it it's literally that's all it takes. It, it, it's yeah, but easier cute. said than done. It is, but hopefully we're doing our best to, to help give people courage to speak up against this stuff because humans have a herd mentality and for some reason, we, I think we're making headway and I'm not saying us individually, but everybody pushing against the ESG is making some considerable headway. It's becoming, you know, there's cracks in the dam of ESG. It's It's getting exposed and People are feeling more emboldened to to call it out. We need to keep that momentum up. And similarly, with the demonization of self-custody and private Bitcoin usage, we need to keep doing that as well. And I think we can crack that dam and eventually break it. But knows, me. many of you know it's right. Many of you know it's all fucked up. There's, I know there's many of you freaks out there like, I'm a quiet behind the, behind the scenes guy. I don't like the publicize much but when it comes to this stuff like it is important that number one you get your voices out there then number two you uh disobey civilly in public and say fuck you that reminds me chris ripple can go fuck himself chris lassen i mean he had, i mean they're not sending their best freaks they're not sending their best do you have that on the I love list? How, like a bunch of Bitcoiners just realized that Greenpeace is a corrupt organization. <laughs> that was a great meme. Always has been. Um, yeah, they are the fucking worst. <laughs> they really are. Well, it's funny. You can go. Like them and PETA are like my two. I had the original founder of Greenpeace uh, on the podcast last year. His name's escaping me right now. It's bad. Um, oh, the one that's anti-Greenpeace. Yeah, the original founder of Greenpeace has been on this podcast. You can go look it up. And he found a Greenpeace and he was like, what environmentalist should be? He's like, yeah, I just want clean oceans. I want to make sure like we're not having oil spills. I want to make sure that we're doing our best to 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 preserve environments. And then he's like, yeah, I had to fucking leave because a bunch of hysterical zealots took over 
the organization I started, and they, they were not environmentalists at all. They were political, like communists trying to, to force change on the world that has nothing to do with the environment. Um, yeah, Greenpeace is an environmental terrorist organization these days, and they don't really care about the environment. They care about control. They're stopping nuclear power plants and shit like that. Doesn't make any sense. Um, and then Chris Larson, who should be in jail for securities fraud, he's a co-founder, CEO of Ripple, which was an unregistered securities offering um, that enriched many sleazy people, Jed McCaleb being one of them. Uh, fun fact, he was the one who originally founded Mt. Gox and then handed it to Mark Carpellis, uh, knowing that the exchange was extremely insecure and that Bitcoin was likely being siphoned it off. Um, and see, many blame Mark Carpellis for Mt. Gox's failure, and he that certainly does deserve some of the blame, but it, there's very few people that realize that one of the co-founders of Ripple, and who actually went on to co-found Stellar as well, was the original owner of Mt. Gox. So he has Mt. Gox scam, he has Ripple scam, he has Stellar scam. Um, there's, you killed it. He did kill I mean, He's rich as fuck. He's a billionaire now. Um, and he's not in jail. Not in jail. His co-founder, Chris Larson, is... <laughs> teaming up with Greenpeace with a, for five million, he put up five million dollars for a change the code campaign, which is hilariously tone deaf. He doesn't even realize how this shit works. Like it's open source. He knows. He absolutely knows what he's doing. You think? What? What do you think he's trying yeah. to do? What do you think he's trying to do? He's just pretend. He's implying that it can be changed as just part of his as part of his tactic. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's just, he's very good at chilling his bullshit. And, you know, he has $3 billion worth of proof in that, in that regard, but That's he's true. worth like three and a half billion dollars right now. And it's all based on the ripple scam. Yeah. <sighs> the XRP army. I had so many people reach out to me about that one. What were they saying? Well, because he also did, like, he intentionally did it, right? Like, he said, uh, like, BlackRock and Dorsey and uh, Kathy Wood, like, they, they, like, they, he intentionally pretended, like, the big money interests are able to change it, which is also a negative spin on Bitcoin to begin with. So the whole the whole strategy of the but it's not true. The play is 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 to kind of muddy the waters and confuse people and and hurt Bitcoin, attack Bitcoin. Well, I would say it's Elon. He mentioned Elon. It's going to be an ineffective attack on Bitcoin, though. If anything, it just hurts individuals who may be turned away from adopting Bitcoin. It's kind of nice because it, it might push away like that institutional side for a little bit. Yeah. Which I personally would love to see. I would love to see that as well. Like it, they might get ESG scared out of it. Good. Which would be kind of nice. Good. BlackRock, stay away for as long as possible. Yeah, I think BlackRock's too savvy. They're like, they use like ESG for their own means, but they're not going to miss... An investment opportunity because of it. ESG, man. Again, so that's like BlackRock is one of the, 
Larry Fink's the Godfather VSG. I'm pretty sure they created it. Yeah, and, and they'll and he'll go on stage and he'll opine. Number one, we're gonna we're gonna force behaviors on industries, which is just a veiled way of saying like we're communistic. We're gonna force industries. We're gonna seize the means of production via capital allocation and board seats and and force industry to act a certain way. Like forcing behaviors is communistic. And then he'll argue again. That's one side of the argument. The other side of the argument is that ESG is a free market reaction to the the challenges of our day, which is not true at all. BlackRock has direct access to the Federal Reserve. If you don't remember, the Federal Reserve tapped BlackRock on the shoulder in 2020 to help uh, facilitate the, the purchase of corporate bonds, distressed corporate bonds in the reaction to in the aftermath of the COVID lockdowns. And so you had the Fed funneling hundreds of billions, potentially trillions of dollars to BlackRock to then allocate uh, to the corporate world, and which gives them uh, exposure to those companies. And then if they get enough exposure, they can become activist investors and try to force behaviors. And that's not free market. The Fed printing money, giving it to BlackRock, so they get exposure to these companies so that they can then become activist investors is the opposite of a free market. The free market did not get BlackRock to that sp spot. Money printing did. And so right. the argument that ESG is a free market reaction to the challenges of our day is objectively false. It's it a marketing is. spin. Yes. It's a marketing spin on corporate capture. Yeah. We're going to win, freaks. They are fucking dumb. It just doesn't work either. That's Again, we have to realize... We're, we, again, is fucking bingo word on TFTC, but we were born in this inflection point and the volatility that exists. They're losing control and they're so desperate to hold on to control. They're going to print trillions of dollars. They're going to fucking inundate you with narrative propaganda. Like, this is a free, this is a free market solution to the challenges of our day. And we're going to force behaviors. Uh, we need to save you from the money launders. Bitcoin bad, CBDC good eat the bugs. Like this is all them scrambling because they are losing control so quickly and do not succumb to the fear that they are trying to induce in you. Recognize that they are trying to induce fear and laugh at them and just stack sats, send them to your own wallet, get the circular economy going. And we Learn can leave privacy them. best practices, freaks. That Use as your well. own node. That as well. And then leave the clown show behind. We, we are building a parallel economy Avoid KYC as much as possible and help bootstrap a circular economy in your neighborhood. Go to a meetup. If you don't have a meetup, create a meetup. There's a lot of meetups popping up. I love uh, to see it. Absolutely love to see it. The sing is single most bullish fundamental in Bitcoin right now is the global growth of local Bitcoin meetups has been absolutely astounding. At, at the same exact time when most people have been pushed to stay at home and not socialize with people. Yes. Again, fight back against the propaganda. Go to a meetup. Disobey. Somebody, I met with somebody yesterday, started a, a Bitcoin meetup in Midland, Texas. Oil and gas heart uh, of go. Texas had their first Bitcoin meetup last week. Um, I think Parker and I are going to make a trip out there at some point in the next couple months. I fucking love the meetups. It's so rewarding. It's the best. It's 
high signal. Very high signal. Good people. Conversations not recorded. Really great. We're going to win, freaks. People are too stupid. Oh, we're definitely going to win. This is going to be painful. It's going to be painful for them. It's going to be painful for them. Again, more and more people stand up. It's that meme of the guy standing on the pulpit and everybody's on the piece of plywood or the four by four. And he's like, you got to do this. And like, you just have one person walk away. Then we just need everybody to just, just walk away. That's literally all we need to do. It's like, we're not listening to you anymore. It's, it's, we're going to go to the Bitcoin economy. Uh, what should we hit next? Kraken. Added lightning support this week. It was good to see. About fucking time. Send and receive to and from Kraken. Saw many people sharing screenshots of them doing it successfully. So it seems to be live. Uh, shout out to everybody at Kraken that made that possible. I know Pierre Richard was pushing that internally. Um, beautiful thing to if see. Yeah. If you're going to use a KYC service, uh, the best way to withdraw is via Lightning and not to your own node. The best way to withdraw is via Lightning to a mobile wallet uh, that Good. isn't using your own node and then sending it to your own node. Yeah. Blue wallet. Because you break the trail. Otherwise, they know your node public key. I guess presumably you could have like, it gets more complicated at that point, but you could have two nodes and one of the nodes is just the node that you only receive from your KYC service. And then from there, you send to your your real node. Um, but in practice, it's easier to like send to something like Moon Wallet and then from Moon Wallet, send to your... Uh, your real node or send it into CoinJoin because MoonWallet bridges between on-chain and off and Lightning really easily. Um, and when you use Moon, to use, use a VPN. <laughs> to use. There you go. Uh, it's good to see. They ran up the, uh, the channel capacity charts very quickly. I think they had, I think the last I saw, they had like 32 Bitcoin locked up on their node. Well, no, I mean, look, it's it doesn't mean it's locked up on their node because other people open to them. Yeah, half of it at least is. But this is what always happens, right? Like if, if uh, no, half of it isn't always. Like, so if I, if I open to Kraken and I open a 10 million sat channel to them, it's all on my side, but it shows up on their capacity as 10 million sats added. That's a good point. So people see like a new big service open and they want to get some routing fees for it so everyone rushes to open it um that's the dichotomy in the lightning network right is that the large services um or people with a big audience can get a lot of liquidity very cheaply but random people have to use you know some kind of service or or tool like liquidity ads or lightning pool to uh to get to get liquidity. Be aware. Be aware, freaks. I was wrong. Not, not here to correct me. Yeah, it's a common misconception because people see a node and they look up the capacity. They're like, holy shit, how do you have so much Bitcoin on there? But uh, you don't, unless you're actually doing probing, you don't know how much is on is locally on, on that node. What do you, uh, do you think this helps Make the Lightning Network more efficient? 
What? Like a big player, like I think it's like I think from a regulatory point of view, it's good to see uh, someone like Kraken at it, just because I feel like a lot of regulated exchanges are a little bit iffy about it, uh, because it does break the on-chain trail of transactions because they're reporting all of our transaction history and our personal information and storing it. Um, so Lightning does add a privacy benefit there, especially on the deposit side. Um, where they don't know, you know, necessarily where it came from if you deposit via Lightning. Um, now, Kraken already is one of the few exchanges that supports Monero, so it doesn't surprise me that they did it from that front. Um, but in general, like I think it's mostly a benefit to Kraken users. I don't really think it's necessarily a benefit to the network as whole as a whole. Like I, I mean, it, it it's fine. It's you don't think it helps with like liquidity and payment. Uh, successful payment routing? Uh, I mean, I guess like another well-capitalized routing node. Um, So yeah, sure. I personally, you know, the fear is, is, is that the well-capitalized routing nodes will all be regulated KYC services. So adding one of those doesn't do as much of an improvement in terms of like the sovereign lightning network. Mm -hmm. I would say like a movement like Plebnet, as a whole is 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 significantly more important to the robustness of the lightning network than than a single KYC exchange adding it. Um, but like I said, I think it's it's I think it's a massive signaling mechanism. Um, I think it gives regulatory cover, uh, perception cover to other exchanges that might be considering implementing it. You know, they go to the Compliance lawyers are historically like super do not in- innovate. Like they're very conservative. But if you go to your lawyer and you say, well, Kraken added it, River added it, right? Cash App added it. And you tell them these services added it. It's more likely you get clearance to actually go ahead and add it on your service and normalize it. Um, Again, this is part and of corporate. It's a massive benefit for Kraken users. This is part of corporate civil disobedience. Throw your compliance lawyer in the fucking corner and tell them to shut up. We're, we're, we're bringing the freaks freedom here, okay? Get on or get left behind. Push the lawyers in the corner. Too many lawyers. We have lawyer inflation here. <laughs> Sorry for all the lawyer freaks out there. You know who you are. They're good lawyers. I love. They're very good lawyers. I know very good lawyers. Our lawyer at TFTC is a very good lawyer. Um, going to skip. And come back to the next topic because I think this one uh, just piggybacks on the Kraken news nicely since it's a lightning thing. I actually had a dream about this last night, us talking about this. So I've already run through this. I thought this was an April Fool's joke at first. It's so bad, dude. Sea Lightning changes name. Sea Lightning changes name to Core Lightning. Like, why? You think it's simple? Are they trying to back, piggyback on Bitcoin Core? Like it's, it's like a package no, deal. No, it's it's a fuck you to LND because LND and Lightning Labs has been kind of trying to co-op Lightning as them being like the reference implementation. So they're kind of trolling. They're fighting fire with fire. <sighs> I don't I don't love it. It's I'm a, it's a little bit frustrating to see. It's childish if that's the intention. I mean, that's my, that's my perception of it. Yeah. I, and I'm telling you, at first I thought like it was so, 
at first I, when I, I had to read through it a couple of times and it does say March 31st on there, but I know Blockstream has an international team and I was like, maybe it's an April fool's joke ahead of time, but it seems legit. Sea lightning was always a bad, baddish name though. So they, it kind of makes sense to change it, but obviously core lightning makes it seem like it is lightning. Yeah. But you know, Beware, freaks. They are right that LND conflates, you know, Lightning Labs conflates themselves with the entire Lightning Network. Yeah, I mean, they they took the handle at Lightning. And <laughs> a lot of people, yep. when people talk about the Lightning Network on Twitter, a lot of, a lot of them will say at, at Lightning. Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Petty, Petty Flame Wars, they're, hey. Blockstream, their web description, their web description on the World Economic Forum basically insinuated that they were like the Lightning Network was their product. Yeah, Lightning Labs, Blockstream, Spiral. Not that I'm not dragging Spiral into this, but just you just need, did <laughs> need to uh, need to include everybody. Async. This is bigger than yeah, all of us. The, those are the majors, the four majors. This is bigger than all of us. Stop fucking having petty flame wars. I will say the opposite. Fight each other to the death and let there be the strongest <laughs> lightning network possible at the end. I agree too. But like, it seems a bit distracting. <laughs> did Rodolfo make the site? Yes. Coinkite. Made yes, with love by Coinkite. 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 Coin kite, um, bitcoinbounties.org. If you want to go to a place, if you're a Bitcoin developer and you're looking to help out the ecosystem by um, collecting bounties, by solving problems that have bounties attached to them, bitcoinbounties.org is here for you. Uh, automate project for producible builds, verification. That's a pretty big one, $5,000. NVK is running that. Seed signer has a million sat. Touchscreen display driver. This is a pretty big one. Bit 47 Paynims and Blue Wallet. That bounties up to 5.5 million sats. Um, Lightning tip jar at hrf.org. That's a one Bitcoin. Yeah, that's one of the three that OpenSats is handling. And we actually just got a uh, bounty submission on that from uh, William Cesarin. I haven't looked through it yet, though. Damn, Jeremy Rubin putting up a 550 million sat bounty. I'm finding a bug in OpCTV. Maybe he's confident there are no bugs. Another I'm one. supposed to mention that um, there, the NVK one for $25,000 to bring NFC to React Native also applies to Rust. Uh, first come, first serve, whichever one happens first, Rust or React Native, uh, it goes to. And they put up an additional $5,000 uh, for reproducible builds on the Bitcoin binary project. So anyone who's interested in those two things, go check it out. There's money on the table. Yes. Get those sats. Get those sats. Or get those cuck bucks and then turn them into sats. I really like the bounty concept in general. 
I think uh, I want to see more of this. Um, with OpenSats, we're going to have our own bounty system. Um, a bunch of these bounties I'm involved with as well. I think it's just a cool way of of users kind of directing development. Yeah, like the join market one I'm involved with. Um, I agree. Side note, just glanced at uh, Clark's dashboard. Just saw this stat, which seems odd. I don't know if it's Clark's dashboard is node or whatever, but the li- liquid sidechain pegging capacity is minus 78 million sats. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Well, that's definitely wrong. Uh, I know liquid went down for a little bit and no one noticed. Yeah. Because um, no one uses it. <laughs> on the same uh, tenor of your uh, appreciation for Bitcoin bounties, I want to um, share my appreciation uh, for something that is going underappreciated right now or underexplored right now. Guy Swan from the Bitcoin Audible podcast. Freaks don't listen to that. If you're new to Bitcoin, you're looking to learn about Bitcoin. Bitcoin Audible is probably one of the best resources if you're an audio learner. Um, he tweeted out something that I retweeted. I can't find it on my feed right now, but it was essentially how can how come more people aren't implementing the podcasting 2.0 monetization model uh, in more companies, applications on top of Bitcoin. Should be able to find, oh, here it is. I'll keep saying it until someone at least tries it. Why don't we do value for value for open source software? I'd gladly share 1% of every Ellen payment, Lightning Network payment received with BTC Pay server to fund devs. All you need is a toggle switch and it's done. I'll offer a bounty for someone to try it. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, this makes a lot of sense to me. Like why, why isn't this more popular? Yeah, think- I like that too. I mean, I, I think it just I, I think KeySend or AMP or whatever version we're at right now, where you just need a bare pub key and you just can run a node through Tor and just put that bare pub key everywhere. Um doesn't get enough love in all these wars between Bolt 12 and LNURL and stuff. Just bare key send. Uh, because you can just run a lightning node through Tor in your closet, post your post your public key for your node. And anyone can stream you payments. And uh, one positive, I think we talked about it last week, but Albi, that browser extension wallet, mm-hmm. uh, just added key send support. So if there's a pub key, you can just pay the pub key directly. Uh, so I, I think it would be really cool if on BTC Pay there was like a, a way to basically just put in a bunch of pub keys and be like, this is the split. Uh, the one negative of of uh, key send amp, whatever, is that uh, there's no payment receipt, so you can't prove you made a payment. Uh, but I think for donation purposes, it, that's not really that big of a deal, right? Um, it's not like you're. It's not like you're buying. If you're buying a product or service, then you're going to need the receipt in order to say like you owe me the product and service. But if you're just sending someone to their tip jar, like I don't get a receipt when I put fucking tips in at, at you know coffee shops with cash. Yeah. No, it's just something like DJ and I are trying to work through. It's like the ghost BTC pay server integration. If it's just a plugin, like I don't really think a subscription model makes sense, but maybe we, maybe this is what we, maybe, maybe we're the first people to try it guy. We do uh, the ghost BTC pay integration and then we, we have 
uh, a key send payment if you want to do value for value. You think the, the integration is valuable and you want to stream some of the sets our way. And that's a monetization path there. The other thing I think is cool is, um, I forget which project it was, but it, there was one project or a couple of projects that were, uh, they were listing their uh, like slush pool information so people could just direct miners to them or direct a portion of their hash to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a cool way to give donations. But if you can yeah. figure out the streaming sats thing, then you can do that anyway, even if you're a miner. So yeah, it's more ubiquitous. <sighs> it's, uh, yeah, again, we, we're so early. We haven't even reached the, the unique and uh, innovative monetization models. I mean, value for value, the podcasting 2.0. It's been one of my favorite, like yesterday, again, the, uh, one of the women, one of the women, one of the women, one of the women who uh, helped start that Midland uh, meetup, she, uh, she was asking about like payment stuff. She was still a bit, um, still a bit fresh, still a bit green learning about Bitcoin. She's like, eh, it's like blocks are 10 minutes. It's too hard to, to use as a medium of exchange. And I was like, no, look at this. Like, and I just like opened up our L&D node uh, history and I was just like showing her like literally as we were talking, some freak somewhere in the world was listening to the podcast and streaming us sats. And I was like, look, there's somebody streaming me a tenth of a penny right now every minute while they listen to my podcast. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh. It's literally like every minute of every day. Yeah. There's somewhere, somewhere in the world. And like, it's not that much actual value right now, but the actual, the, the actual, that it's actually happening is fucking crazy. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> um, thank you. If you are supporting the show, the value for value model, yeah, thank, thank you, you so freaks. much. It is appreciate. It's super rewarding. It really is. And actually it's a good segue into something that's not on the list, but Talked with the Fountain team today. Uh, obviously, we had that um, contest or whatever you want to call it uh, that that was going on throughout March. Uh, if you follow the podcast, downloaded Fountain, follow the podcast, listen to an episode on Fountain. You got a thousand stats, and we're entered to win fifty thousand stats. Uh, we chose a user random. I'm looking. We have like they sent me a. Um, they sent me an email with a PDF of like a list of people who downloaded found and listened to the show over the course of March. And it's 10 pages long, which is like crazy. Uh, Usernames. Yeah. Um, and the winner of the 50,000 sets is at Tiago underscore mags. So Tiago, um, the found team will be sending you 50,000 sets at some point soon. Um, and the winner of the dispatch one was Marcellus at Marcellus. Oh yeah. Randomly chosen by the fountain guys. Yep. Shout out to Iago. Shout out Marcellus. And shout out to everyone who streams our shows. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Last thing before we get to shout outs here. <laughs> Bitmax. Bitmax bank purchase fell through. That was tough. 
this when they announced that they were buying this like 300 year old German bank, it got so much fucking engagement on Twitter. Yeah. And then when it announced that they were falling through, you couldn't even tell it happened on Twitter. <laughs> right. After further discussions between BXM Operations AG and the owner of Bankhaus von der Heit, the two parties have mutually and amicably decided to discontinue the proposed amicably. acquisition. Amicably, uh, amicably. <laughs> tomato, Sorry. tomato. Uh, yeah, just that just came out. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to sharing details of our future plans in due course. A Bitmex spokesperson told the block. So. Bitmex wanted to buy a bank. Haven't yet. I guess that's what we'll say there. Um, all right, let's go to shout outs. Matt's got like an hour left before we wrap up here. All right. I'm just going to read the description before the shout out so people don't think I'm racist. You always know it's a good one when he qualifies it ahead of time. <laughs> Must read in your best Australian accent. Good day, freaks. <laughs> Cheers for what you blokes do for the Bitcoin community. It's bloody difficult these days to isolate the relevant, <laughs> important information. But it's truth. You covers do a bang on job. Fad, think them. You should consider coming down under to have a squeeze one day. Don't pay much attention to what these dragons on the telly reckon of our country. I'm going to like Scottish here. <laughs> Cars laughing so hard. You can hear him laughing through your mic. They're as useless as tits on a bull. It's pretty laid back here. Aside from the drop bears and all the other shit that wants to kill you, you're just looking at them. The community here would welcome you with open arms and we'd probably go off like a frog in a sock if you were planning a visit. I'd be well stoked to chunk a snag on the barbie. But both of yous, we might even show you a real bacon tastes like, what real bacon tastes like. In the meantime, I look forward to catching up with you both at Bitcoin 2022. First round of drinks is on me. Much love. All the Australian plebs, stay humble. T-Bone, at T-Bone Hoddle. Uh, it was my best Australian. I can't keep going. I can say, good day, mate. And then it turns into like a Scottish Southern draw. <laughs> I love our Australian freaks. And I fucking love car laughing in the background. Uh, shout out to T-Bone Hoddle. I would love to come to Australia and enjoy some snag on the Bobby. Uh, hopefully, and. Uh, the injection madness ends soon. Yeah, I'm not risking a trip to Australia anytime soon. Sorry, yeah. freaks. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm happy to meet our Australian freaks in a in a mutually agreed to destination. Agreed. I want to well. come because I mean you can't come into America easily either. No, you can't. Uh, next shout out. Greetings, freaks. I'm a mechanical engineering student searching for a summer job in the mining or energy industry. I'm looking for a blue collar job as I don't know how to code. I have experience in the industrial field and am skilled in the field of manual labor. I'm young, willing to work, eager to learn, and want to stack some sats. Contact me at... He's putting his email out there willingly. So. Yeah, he wants the email. This is, I love this. Evans345 at protonmail.com. E-V-A-N-S 345. Sounds like you made it just for those. At protonmail.com or on Twitter at 
Richard one one four zero nine nine seven four. Cheers. That's at Richard one one four zero nine nine seven four on Twitter. Uh, I fucking love that. There's a new new way of getting a job in the Bitcoin space. Mechanical engineer, experience in the industrial field, and he's skilled in the field of manual labor. Willing to. I work, would love to see more of that. Work hard for sex. Also, uh, if if you're listening, freak. Uh, I assume you've checked bitcornerjobs.com. Uh, but there's a lot of good postings there as well. We just posted one up there too. We're looking for a front end dev. Um, there you go. Last shout out. I'm very happy we're reading this one today. Hey, Marty and Matt. If I time this right, you'll be reading it at a live RHR episode in Miami. I'm probably at American, <laughs> I'm probably at American Hoddle's panel right now. Sorry, Vic. <laughs> Ha, ha, Vic. Now we know you're going to do that and we're going to have people come physically accost you while you're at American Hoddle's panel. They're going to to pick you up and drag you over to RHR and we're going to shame you in person. (laughs) Vic, you should join us on stage for Robert Hole Recap Live. Yeah, you should. Vic, you should. You should, Vic. I know he's in the audience right now. Yeah, I saw him earlier. I saw him hanging in there. Yeah, ha, ha. Were you were you nervous knowing that you paid for this and we were going to read it? Is that why you came to the comments? We're gonna have somebody physically pick you up and bring you to RHR so we can shame you in person. <laughs> there he is. There's gonna there, there's gonna be there's gonna be a list item for next week's show. It's just ass, verbally assault Vague in person. Prepare yourself, Vague. That was it for the shoutouts. Thank you for the shoutouts, freaks. Uh, if you, but jokes aside, Vic, like we would love to have you on stage with us. Yes, jokes aside, we're all joking. We love Vic, longtime freak, longtime Bitcoiner, base Bitcoiner. We'll see you in uh, Miami next week, Doxy. You're going to be there. So now we're on the software updates. Next Bitcoin launches a security fund. Actually, this is not. This is. Really, a it's kind of a software update. I put it in the software update section intentionally. Yeah. Um, So, if you want to send a security issue to the next Bitcoin team, uh, Jonas, Nick, Eric, Arvsted, and Next Bitcoin Dev have included their GBG, uh, GB, (laughs) GPG keys. uh, Third time's a charm. Their emails (laughs) and their matrix uh, handles in there. More um, importantly here, I think it's kind of a cool concept. So they have a multi-sig. They have a two or three multi-sig. Um, and the address is public. So anyone can contribute. If you're a Nix Bitcoin user, Nix Bitcoin is like a hard, is a hardened version of one of these full node projects, these 24-7 full node projects. So you can compare it to like a Raspberry Pi Blitz or like a Start9 or an Umbral or something that has purely... First of all, it's a purely false license and it's very security focused. Um, so they have this address. If you're if you're a Nick's Bitcoin user, you can contribute to that fund, um, and all the rewards are percentage based. So the higher that fund gets, the higher the rewards go out. Um, it's a pretty cool way of of doing security bounties. Yeah, shout out to the next team project. We're gonna to link it's to that. It's currently very small for what it's worth. If you're um, if you're using Nix Bitcoin, you find a security issue. 
This and is I the way see to the breakdown that. here. Loss of funds gets you 50%. If it affects loss of privacy, you get 25%. If it causes denial of service, you get 25%. Pretty cool. Yeah. Unique open source security monetization models. This is cool. This is cool. Of course, it's a fixed address. So if you are donating, consider privacy best practices using collaborative transactions before sending to it. Good advice. Uh, pressing software update. If you're running Google Chrome, make sure you're on the latest version. There was a zero day that was discovered uh, and Google is now aware of CVE 2022-1096. It exists in the wild and this was essentially allowing people to remote takeover, right? Yep. Yeah. So Full code execution, which is about as bad as it gets. They rushed out the update. Go update. Yes. Uh, sure. I mean, stop using Chrome. It, yes. First, uh, but, but if you're going to continue to use Chrome, update. And keep in mind, this affects all Chromium-based browsers. So if you're using Brave, it affects you too. It is a zero day. Do we ever yeah. do we ever hone in on the definition of a zero day? I remember I was going to Yeah, we did here. during that episode. Okay. It means it can be exploited right now. Yeah. There's it doesn't take any days. Go update Chrome if you're running Chrome. Uh there was a GitLab vulnerability. Update that upset as well. ASAP. I can't fucking speak today. ASAP. Can't speak most days, but today is considerably bad. Uh, yeah, so there's a few Bitcoin projects that use GitLab. GitLab uh, is nice because it's very easy to self-host, so you don't trust Microsoft and GitHub. Um, so this goes out to the maintainers of those projects. Uh, they should update. Does this have to do with 2FA? Static packs. It has to do with it has to do with hard-coded passwords. Yeah. Code commitment two days ago showed this came GitLab out today. Deleted. It seems like this was only discovered by somebody scouring the, the code base. They announce it. Well, the, I mean, that's how it's usually. That's how these things are usually discovered. Yeah. Um. So you know, a, it's bad when they have to announce it on April Fool's Day. Right. Tell me about standard sets. I haven't even seen this. Standard sets is a proposal that uses hosted channels to create a. Um, Asset-backed to a token that's backed by Sats. So obviously the common, oh, I the common way, about this. the common, yeah. the common use would be you could create a token that represents USD, uh, but instead of a centralized company holding USD in a bank, it's backed by Sats and it's all Lightning interoperable. Now it, it is a custodial model still, um, but it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, I like it. Pushing the design. Very early. Further. This is a very early, but uh, if it interests you and you're a programmer, go check it out. Seems pretty interesting. 100%. Token, tokens on Lightning so hot right now. So hot right now. Um, this isn't really, there's like no token exists, but yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it, mentally, you can think of it as that kind of model. Basically, like your channel would be like a USD channel. And be backed by sides. Yes. Um, you're going to laugh at me for this one. Thank God I had time to digest it before actually saying it. I was going to say join market web buoy. 
Uh, but it's because <laughs> <laughs> I put it all lowercase. Yeah, it's the web UI. Um, so version 0.0.5 has been released. This is alpha software, considered yeah. alpha software. Jam is I cannot released. stress enough that if you're just a regular user, you really should not be using this yet. This is for people that are want to test it out and help improve it with feedback. Uh, you should not be relying on this for real life shit. Yeah. Sweep, sweep jam. Um, they're calling it. So version 0.0.5. That is how we have the link to that in the show notes. Sparrow version 1.6.3 has been released. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything too crazy in there. Uh, version 1.4.8 of BTC Pay Server has been updated. This fixes a Shopify bug, and I think this probably goes back to us. Um, I think, hey, props for props for DJ Seeds. I think they built this Shopify integration off of what he built for us here at TFTC. So TFTC contributing to BTC Pay in one way or another. They are taking the torch and fixing. Um, well, then since then it broke with one of their updates and then yeah, this is the fix. This is the fix to the crash on wallet send page. Um, they have some UI fixes. There was a plugin listing error. Um, they fixed the Shop- Shopify integration. So, um, no, it's really cool that TFTC contributed BTC Pay Server. DJ, I didn't write any of the code. DJ did. Um, Spectre version 1.9.0 adds an extension. This is awesome. So you can download any code binaries on it? Is that what it is? Well, more importantly, it's that developers of tools, different tools and different services can uh, build extensions that integrate directly into Spectre. So obviously... Uh, the freaks are aware that Spectre added Swan integration, that optional Swan integration. Now they basically have integrated this extension model uh, natively so that anyone can basically add extensions to Spectre um, and the user can choose if they want to run them or not. Um, so you can see like maybe like HODL HODL like adds uh, extension or... Um, so you can get into like their order the order book yeah, directly exactly. from Spectre. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Or like you could take out loans like directly in Spectre or something. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of different integrations that could happen. And now it's up to those individual developers of whether or not they want to add it. That would be sweet. Think about and up to the users if they want to run it. Obviously, um, you add to your attack surface or whatnot if you're adding different things. But... It's cool that you get flexibility. Yeah. And again, we're so early. These are just primitives that you can build on. Imagine all the APIs that are going to be launched and you can just hook into them from one central spot and like create your own little... Maybe we'll get a coin join extension. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Sovereign Empire. Our boy Econo Alchemist wrote a piece for Bitcoin Magazine, How the Freedom Convoy Could Have Protected Donation Privacy with Whirlpool. Um, so he, uh, obviously this is extensive. He went through everything (laughs) and we, uh, we've been talking about this for some time. Uh, the lack of privacy that the Bitcoin truck 
the truckers who received funds from the tally coin uh, donation campaign. Uh, there are a lot of lessons to be learned we've been talking about. Uh, maybe you shouldn't trust a Wookiee is telling you to videotape um, yourself receiving sets and burning CDs and smashing computers. Maybe you should use better privacy practices. I mean, I think every Bitcoiner should read this. Uh, it's just a very good real-world example of why privacy best practices matter. And Eco did a really good job of going through the whole timeline and going through, like, this is in-depth. This is extremely in-depth. And yes, we've talked about it on a couple of different shows. Um, we expressed our disappointment in a lot of how it went down. But this is this is the comprehensive debrief on it. The link to that in the show notes, freaks. Shout out to Econo Alchemist for putting this together. It's more information than ever on how to attain privacy while using Bitcoin. Here's yet but another. I specifically with a real world example, like the fact that it has this real world example attached to it. And he's showing like actual chain chain analysis, chain surveillance From of OXT. those funds. And you can see one of the donators was 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 doing address reuse and was was using one large input and the chain was follow the change you could follow the change in like a peeling chain and that user that donator also don't also sent to coinbase so coinbase knows who that person is and that they donated to to this quote unquote illicit campaign and then like a couple of the truckers they followed that a couple of the truckers went straight to kyc exchanges and those funds were all, all, all those addresses were all listed on, on like blacklist things that went out to the exchanges. So their identities have all been sent besides the fact that they were filmed. Um, so it's just a really good synopsis with actionable advice attached. Actionable advice. Nothing better. <laughs> Wasabi blacklisting update. Um, this one we don't really have to talk about more on depth, except that the Wasabi team put finally out a blog post something. about it finally, um, and they and they reconfirmed one more time that <laughs> they did this voluntarily, um, and that they they weren't forced to. Yeah, and they tried to justify it. Yeah, the um, yeah, I mean. Like you said, somebody should fork Wasabi and create a different coordinator. Uh, ZBD streamer, so Zebedee came out. This is pretty cool with a streamer that allows you to basically stream sats over live streams very easily. Um, it's a tool. It's a tool that allows the streamer themselves to embed the QR code, uh, the LNURL QR code, and it comes with like all these things. So it it can like pop up the message and like have interactive animations and stuff. And it integrates directly into uh, like the standard streaming tools. So it's very easy for a streamer to use. Um, it is custodial. Um, they have a certain amount of limit on it uh, before you have to add identification. So keep all of that in mind. Um, but I had Santos from the ZBD team on dispatch this week and we talked about it on air. It's pretty cool. I, I really do think like we talk about circular economy a lot. Um, I think one of like the earliest beneficiaries of the Bitcoin circular economy is going to be digital economies. 
particularly uh, esports and video games and Twitch streamers. Um, they see the value very, very quickly about about being able to cut out the middleman that takes a lot of their money from them, that imposes tons of restrictions on them. And uh, Bitcoin seems like a natural fit there. I really do think that that the majority of young kids, their first experiences with sats are going to be in, in video games. Agreed. I mean, we, we had um, Christian Moss on the show a while ago who's who's working on this and um, he was just saying their CSGO implementation it, it, like they they had a competition I believe like a 13 year old in Colombia won he was like yeah I just made more money playing this game and winning sats uh, in a week than and my dad makes in a month um, which is pretty That's crazy I think. yeah um, 13 year old streaming getting sat streamed to him for playing a video game and helping support his family it's bitcoin's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing uh, expect this to heat up you were very bullish on gaming a couple of years ago i still am i remain bullish As even though we lost satoshi games what a tragedy yeah it sucks for them how uh where is the bitcoin gaming integration right now compared to where you thought it would be? Um, I think we're on track, if not past where I thought we would be. Oh, really? Look, I, I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, the big publishing studios, and I've been very consistent with this, are, they're not going to integrate it because they have, they have lock-in, right? Like Fortnite um, makes billions of dollars with their V-Bucks credits right? It's a free game, but they get everyone into these V-Bucks and they're buying skins and doing all this stuff. They don't want competitors' games to be able to interrupt with their credit system. Um, so it's going to come from challengers and video games historically have a very big uh, moat um, in terms of, you know, you have the, the, the large publishers that are able to spend big money to get onto all the platforms and to have the best graphics. Um, so you got, we're going to need like a challenger to come in and kind of disrupt the whole thing and then become dominant. And then at that point, other game studios will essentially, uh, integrate so they have, so they can remain competitive and so that they have interoperability so that people can take their sats from one game, move it to the other game. Um, I also think like the shit coins in general, obviously have always had more funding for things. Uh, because they have their pre-mine and their ICOs and all their tokens and stuff. Um, so probably they've taken some development talent and some exposure and stuff away from SATS-based games because there's a bunch of shitcoin-based games with NFTs and everything like fully um, that, that, you know, that like large VC firms and shit are giving them, you know, millions and millions of dollars while the the Bitcoin video game projects are struggling to get funding. And that's like Satoshi Games is the is the perfect example uh, where they you know they switched to Solana, uh, presumably because they got a bunch of funding in Solana to do it. Um, but I think I think long term that it's Sats Sats and games that's 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 going to be the standard. Sats will be the standard in video games. Yeah, and I mean I I agree the incumbent publishers do like the lock and they have with V Bucks and similar type structures. However, again, going back to Guy Swan 
Sats idea. Like, what if you just open it up and you have the value for value model where like every sat streamed while people are playing your game, you have, you have 50 bips, 1% just goes to the video game provider. Like, I, I'm just saying they're making more money. The thing is like, like, look, this is what we see in all aspects of Bitcoin, right? It's almost always the challenger that is is innovating in the space first before the big dogs come. Um, you know, Cash App was smaller than PayPal when Cash App added it, right? Uh, MicroStrategy was like an unknown tech company when they started their Bitcoin strategy. Uh, so so we, we see it time and time again. And... Uh, it, it only makes sense because because open monetary network it, it helps competition, helps create competition, and 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 the powers that be that are already in control and have the lock in don't get that much of an advantage out of it until they're forced to. Yes, we'll see. But again, if you're a big dog, you're you're thinking your shit don't stink, and hopefully you have somebody innovative in your company. The earlier you earlier you adopt these models and in, in Bitcoin, the better off you're going to be in the long run. So if you're truly a company that wants to be here a decade from now, two decades from now, three decades from now, your ability to sustain yourself and do that increases the quicker you adopt Satoshis, whether it be via revenue plan or just purely getting Bitcoin on your treasury because Bitcoin's going to succeed. It's I believe it's going to be the reserve currency of the world. And if that does happen, the earlier you get on, the more bolstered your balance sheet will be in the future. And if you're accumulating it via buying it or via revenue by opening up sats, sat streams for yourself, uh, you're going to be much better off in the future. So if there's anybody in the gaming industry listening to this, I highly recommend you get it up to the higher ups. Like, hey, we should implement maybe try to implement one of these strategies, either a treasury strategy or opening up the floodgates to to allow our users to to stream sats to each other um, to try to monetize themselves in this game. And then we can do this value for value model where a lot of the, or a portion of that flow comes to to our treasury. Think about it. And it is risky. It does seem risky, but uh, you got to risk it for the biscuit sometimes. And Bitcoin's a very tasty biscuit. Is that, is that, oh, we have one more uh, disclaimer. Matt and I are venture partners at 1031. I mean, it's going to be a disclaimer. <laughs> We're excited to announce that our venture fund has partnered with the awesome fucking people over at CD. And I'm very yeah. fucking excited about it. I am as well. Uh, this is, I mean, I think we're just going to be able to supercharge what we're doing here, what CT is trying to do. Um, with their initiative to to support Bitcoin companies. I think this is two great teams joining forces, Bitcoiners to and through on both teams. And we're going to go find the best Bitcoin companies out there with Bitcoiners building out a infrastructure to prepare us for a Bitcoin standard. And we're going to go make sure that they're supported financially so they can do what they do best, which is bring us more freedom technology. Fuck yeah. I mean, we've already have a have a great group of investors. Uh CT, their team is fucking fire. And uh we've already supported some really fucking awesome Bitcoin projects and teams in the space. And together I, I think uh we'll be doing a 
a massive, massive net benefit for for the ecosystem and for individuals uh, who are able to empower themselves with these with these tools. So I'm extremely excited about this. This has been months in the fucking making. Um, conversations started, well, yeah, a while ago, and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be visiting a lot of these guys in Oslo for the Freedom Forum, which I'm pretty fucking excited about. So yeah, cheers to them and cheers to Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, and 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 for the haters out there, this is not an appeal for investment. We don't need your money, and we don't want your money. So cheers. <laughs> I haters. Um, nah, this is going to be, uh, again, I think this is going to be very good for, for Bitcoin, for Bitcoiners who are looking for capital, who are building great things. I mean, this is, we're very focused on supporting the, the best teams in Bitcoin, not in crypto. In yeah, Bitcoin. fuck crypto. Yeah, and this is yeah. If you're if, if you're a Bitcoin project, if you're a team looking for funding, you need funding. Definitely reach out to us. Yes, um, and that's not just if you're a monetized uh, company. Uh, we also have uh, a grant program where we're providing grants to open source projects, no strings attached. Yeah. So definitely, definitely hit us up. We do not take our management fees, and that's the other thing. Yeah, management fees. Uh, having worked in the fund, like you know, typical management fees. And some venture funds, you get like three and twenty-five, which is three percent of the AUM, just goes to the the fund team um, to pay their salaries and stuff like that. And then if you do make a profit, um, it's typically two and twenty in most fund structures. So you get two percent management fee, two twenty percent profit fee. If you make a profit, the the fund takes twenty percent of that. But the management fee is something that funds usually subsists on and at 1031 we're giving that out to um open source projects and devs looking for grants let's do it we're gonna win i know you gotta go here soon maybe we should talk about russia ruble gas europe things are getting hairy the ruble's back right it's back to pre-invasion levels yeah I mean, it's, I mean, there's eh, just looking at this objectively, not bringing emotion into it. Russia is demanding that they get paid in rubles for gas. So just structurally that is driving up demand for rubles as people need to acquire them to access the commodities that they desperately need. There was a video that came out yesterday, apparently Putin saying that like people are paying in rubles, but then they're freezing the Russian bank accounts on the other side to pay than taking the gas, uh, which is to me insane. Again, obviously Russia's invasion of Ukraine is terrible. Sanctions are out there, but Europe needs the gas. Like you're just asking to get your gas turned off. And if that happens, they already turned the gas off, right? Like didn't the pipeline, the main pipeline stop sending gas through? I don't think so. Not yet. I think he threatened to. I think t- today is the day. There's like, all right, everybody's paying in rubles. If you're not, you're not getting gas. It's kind of a, it's kind of like it's, it's fucking hilarious because he's basically making them prop up the ruble instead of him having to sell gold to prop it up. Yeah. Well, they also pegged in within your Russia, excuse me, they pegged 
the ruble to gold, I believe it was 1500 ruble per gram of gold. Um, or 500 ruble per gram of gold. The way it works out, like there, there was a, they're pegging it at a discounted price to, to spot gold. I believe that around $1,500 is what the, the Russian peg is. The Russian ruble peg is right now. Um, so internally they have a, a gold peg that they've, they've um, instituted. Is that legit? I don't know. I mean, did you, did you see a quality source for that? Yes. So that was, uh, that source I trust very deep. I didn't read that on Twitter. I, I couldn't find the source. And then I like, I got distracted with something else. <laughs> I, I talked to somebody in the know, um, with what's going on, particularly with these, the scramble to replace Russian commodities. And they said, yes, internally the peg is real. Um, so that's the other thing too. Then you have Russia building pipelines to China. And so like in the future, like that gas may not be going to, to, to Europe because they're so pissed off at them. But Europeans need to prepare. Uh, you, you need to stop uh, catering to climate hysterics and trying to force your economies onto intermittent, uh, unreliable, insecure, more expensive, quote unquote, renewables and lean into natural gas, nuclear, maybe even coal to an extent you're not going to be able to keep the lights on or it's going to be extremely expensive to keep the lights on moving forward. If you don't recognize that energy security is, is an imperative for a modern day society. Um, and I do, I do think Bitcoin fixes this car. Can you go to my profile and pull up one of my most recent retweets that has to do with um, the price of energy pre-1971 and the trend it was on. Um, Read the mandibles, freaks. Fiat standard is anti-human. So look at this. So uh, Peter Schmidt, parentheses, the 92ers. I don't know what that means. Um, maybe I should go to his website and check it out. But for you freaks who are at home and can't see this chart, it's a plot of the gold exchange era, not the gold standard era. Look at the price of electricity, most important goods, price today for decades its price fell even as its use exploded after the 15th of august 1971 everything changed and it's no coincidence it did so this chart's actually pretty jarring you see there's a red line that's going straight up it represents population growth uh straight up and to the right over time and and there's a blue line uh that at first uh, the first part of the chart which starts in the 1930s is falling and that's the electricity cost cent per kilowatt hour and between 1930 and 1971, the price per kilowatt hour fell from roughly six and a half cents a kilowatt hour to just over two cents a kilowatt hour on average in 1971. Then we completely ripped the convertibility of gold out from the American economy, out from the dollar, and officially went off the gold standard ever since that happened. Literally that to that date, the price of electricity has trended upwards on average from two 0.2 cents a kilowatt hour about to close to 13 cents a kilowatt hour. So even as the population was exploding between 1930 and 1970, we were able to drive down the price of electricity due to the fact that we did have some connection to a hard asset in our monetary system. As soon as we ripped that hard asset out of the underpinnings of the monetary system, you have crazy inflation in electricity markets. 7x 
in electricity prices since 1971, on average. That's just, just on average. And this data is from the Energy Information Administration and the Census Department. So pulling together two disparate data sets to paint this picture. And it's a pretty jarring picture when you look at it. It's pretty insane. Um, sound money is a driver of, of cheap and abundant energy, even in the face of, of rapid population growth. Well, also part of it's got to be that inflation was happening, right? And it's measured in shitty money. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and another, like, that's certainly true. But then you look at like wage growth and that lags. That's why it's annoying because we don't have like any real inflation numbers. It's hard to get real inflation numbers. Um, and I mean, that's the single, that's the single, one of the single best things about Bitcoin is that we actually have like a real measuring stick going forward, at least from, at least from like 20, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the beginning kind of doesn't because the adoption curve, but in a post Bitcoin world, we actually have like a real measuring stick to measure this shit against instead of something that's constantly getting debased. Yes. It's, the Bitcoin standard will get us back to accurate price measurement in the economy. That is why you see so much volatility in the world. That is why you see so much disconnection between the rich and the poor in the world. This is why you're having crazy commodities asset inflation right now because for too long, arguably a century, a century we have perturbed the pricing mechanism of the world, which is our money. And Bitcoin fixes our money and gets us back so to yeah. the ability to accurately price goods and services in the economy. We get better, granular, more accurate pricing data. So like, would you agree like the last USD high was 69K? At this point, we need to get past, we need to get like a decent amount past that. Oh yeah. In order to hit a new real all-time high again, right? Because like, how, what has been the inflation since then? Like 15% or something. So November 10th, 2021 was the all-time high date. Uh, we are currently sitting at April 1st, I feel like you have to at least add 10% to that, right? We have to at least get past like 75, 77. Yeah. Clark, inflation adjusted, all-time high. Let's get it on the it dashboard. It should be all, price all-time high in, in, in pounds of beef. Well, he's got... He's got uh, I guess you could do gold. Well, right now. I wonder but, what that I wonder what that energy cost thing looks like in gold terms. I would like to see that chart in gold terms. I would as well. I bet it's pretty pretty flat. Maybe even goes it'd down. Nice. It'd be very helpful. There's that website pricedingold.com. Pretty cool. Uh, what's your Friday I mean, afternoon? Gold's a shit coin, but it's still a better measurement than I mean, yeah. I mean, the dominant Bitcoin, which is the USD. I mean, the old adage still reigns true. I mean, the an ounce of gold could buy you a very nice tunic in Roman times, and can buy you a very nice suit in modern times. It has helped. I its lost value. all my Bitcoin trading the fertilizer pump after I saw your tweet. Week. <sighs> that that's a that's a scary pump, dude. I don't. Know, it's, <laughs> it's not. Eh, you have to laugh because it's so insane. But last time fertilizer. For, like doubled what it happened in was 08. the 2008 collapse. Yeah. yeah. 
And then you had, I believe, the two-year and the 10-year went negative, and maybe the two-year and the five-year went negative overnight, uh, which is not a good sign. Last time that happened was 2008. The important uh, thing is a self-custody of fertilizer. I mean, but you should smell my living room. It smells horrible right now. <laughs> Matt's just dumping in a in a cat litter box. <laughs> Matt's got a human litter box in his in his house to to season the plants with. It's uh it's planting season, Matt. April showers. You're gonna bring those May flowers and allow you to harvest in the fall. Um so get get your litter box scattered in the backyard. Yeah, what was it? Yeah, I think uh, the conversation I had with my my uh, economics source to like look look out for the wording of uh, Fed officials moving forward. There there may be some Orwellian terms that hit hit the uh, hit the scene. One of which is a growth recession. They're going to try and front run. The fact that they're inducing a recession, they're tr- going to try and say that. What was the term? Growth recession. They're going to try to um, basically say that we we we're going to induce a recession on purpose uh, to to sort of recalibrate, flush the system, so that we can have a a slingshot like recovery after it. Um, so they're <laughs> they're trying to they're going to push this. Um, on the masses. This is all in an attempt to fight inflation. So they're they're probably like, you see you induce a recession so that people lose their jobs. So they're not buying gas to go to work. And and that reduces demand for a lot of this stuff, which, which helps curb the the inflation, Um, which is essentially the only thing they can do right now, considering the nature of the geopolitical situation. Um, they're literally going to have to manipulate markets that, in a way that forces people to lose their jobs, so that they reduce demand for for some of these commodities. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Mandibles. <laughs> Somebody just stacked. What was it ten thousand sets? Did you see, I posted a picture of the book cover the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. And then some a freak responded underneath. Oh, fuck. Well, how many sats does this mean we need to stack? <laughs> uh, how's your Friday afternoon looking, sir? It's pretty packed. Got to jump on a couple calls right after this. Um, I look forward to kicking it in Miami. Yeah, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Um, I think I'm going to grill some steaks after the calls, though. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that sounds good. I uh, officially ordered a half cattle this week from KNC Ranch here in Austin, Texas. Very excited. Shout out to Cole. splitting it with someone or? No, it's mine. Um, Nice. Yeah. Cole was telling me though, shout out to you freaks in the Austin area for for showing up for KNC. He's he's had crazy demand from retail buyers and that's done a lot for his business. And um, Sweet. Love to see it. Yeah. Go. The Beef Initiative. We've got a... April 24th, we've got that one-day conference in Kerrville here in Texas. I'll be there. Um, I think that's going to be an incredible conference. Uh, so if you're in Texas area and you want to go to that, very high signal. When is that? April 24th. It's a Saturday. Uh, and it's, it's at an incredible museum. I think it's called the Museum, Western Museum uh, of History or something like that. And it's 
looks really cool. Um, so we'll be doing that. Go shake your local rancher's hand, freaks. Uh, you're going to want to secure your beef. Um, I secured some of mine this week. I'm very happy that I did. And it is delicious beef. I had a little mini beef steak using KNC cattle beef. Is that what we ate at your house? Yeah. Wasn't it good? That was fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. You go enjoy your calls. Enjoy your steak. I'll see you in Miami. We'll see you freaks uh, in Miami too. Join us live. Before we close it out, I just wanted to tell the freaks uh, that open source ticket grant program that I've been running uh, that provides free four-day passes to open source contributors um, of the 32 projects that were selected. Uh, that's, that We're closing that tonight at, uh, at midnight Eastern time. Um, so if you haven't applied and, and you've decided you have FOMO now and you want to go and you're an open source contributor, make sure you apply. We've given out over 100 tickets so far. It's really been a fantastic, rewarding program. Get on it or get left behind. We'll see you in Miami right. next week, freaks. We'll be live. We'll be lambasting Vake in person in front of 35,000 people. Everybody's going to be at the live RHR show. Everybody at the conference. Sorry, American Hoddle. Your 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 talk is just going to be empty. People are going to be <laughs> at the RHR live show. I uh, love you, Marty. I love you, Car Vake. You are fucking joining us on stage. We have a seat for you already set up. Uh, stay humble, stack sats freaks. Peace, love. <laughs>